Hey, this is the Insides, and you're listening to We Podcast and We Know Things. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of We Podcast and We Know Things. My name is Greg Hahn. Alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. The show must go on. Sam, we are joined by an awesome guest, a very special guest to the show. Super psyched to have him uh, from House and Home, Patrick Williams, lead singer and guitar player. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we appreciate it. Now, before we start, I think the most important question we ask you tonight, do you go by Pat or Patrick? Uh, either one works. Uh, over the past like, year or so, I've started introducing myself to people as Pat. So. Pat. Works yeah. for us. All right, so we have Pat Williams. <laughs> Sounds good. No we have, problem. Uh, House and Home, an awesome band from Richmond, Virginia. They just released their debut LP, Find Sense, Feel Love, Make Light, available now. Ten songs, 33 minutes of audible goodness, available wherever you can get it. So uh, before we talk about music, let's learn more about Pat Williams, the person. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and the role and your role in the band. I am one of the singers and guitar players in the band. Uh, it is me and two of my friends, Matt Stump and Joey Grammer. Uh, we formed in 2017, have been playing locally and touring as much as we can since then, and signed to Open Your Ears Records earlier in uh, 2019 and released the record almost a week ago. It's been about a year in the making, so I'm super excited to finally have it out. Congratulations, man. Uh, anything, Thank you. anything about you personally, like hobbies, interesting factoids about yourself that you want to drop? Ooh. Um, I always feel like I, I come across so boring when I answer these kinds of questions because I don't really do a whole lot else except like <laughs> music. But I guess I am also an amateur producer. Like I record songs for other bands in the area in my free time. I guess that is my factoid. Oh, that's awesome. Now, House and Home is still relatively a young band, like you said, about three years. How'd you guys start the band? Um, so I was in a band in Richmond that played out around town a lot and did a little bit of touring and got to know Joey through just going to shows around town. And um, Matt and I actually went to high school together. And so when the band that I was in broke up, we ended up, Matt and I just kind of jammed and figured we needed somebody else to come play bass. And so we got Joey. And he showed up and we kind of hit it off and he was like, I'm actually a guitar player and came back and just absolutely crushed it on guitar. So we uh, kind of started that way, just like super slow, organic and, and kind of just kind of fucking around, honestly, and, and yeah. just kind of released an EP that we wrote and recorded ourselves. And, and it kind of grew at a little bit of an alarming rate from there. And you mentioned that you signed with Open ear records congratulations by the way what was that process like that was kind of crazy actually we I, I met adam the owner of open your ears at a festival in virginia beach um that i was just we weren't even playing i was just there and we got to talking and we were pitching we already had the record done fully mastered fully paid for and everything and wow. we ended up shopping it to a bunch of different labels and i kind of met adam in the midst of that and all of us kind of sat down and started talking and it was super comfortable all of the other labels seemed very like sterile and very businessy and adam's local so we just went and got coffee and just hung out and he like really cared like really actually wanted the record to do well and cared about our band and so like really made an effort to show that so we we just 
it was kind of a, we all kind of knew through the whole process, like what was going to end up happening. But once it, the deal was actually signed and it was, it was done, it was, it's a really cool feeling. None of us have ever done that before. So no, that, that's awesome because you, you know, sometimes you hear a lot of horror stories about records, record labels. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, that was something we wanted to be really careful about too. And yeah. so far with Adam in open ears, it's been awesome. And that's a pretty cool thing to have, like just that sit down over coffee, right? Like it's like you said, it's not as businessy, not as formal, just that casual conversation, get to know each other, break down the barrier and then go from there. I think that's an awesome story. Oh yeah, dude. I hate writing emails too. It cheats <laughs> my anxiety. I hate it. So like the fact that I could just text him and be like, yo, you want to get a beer or something? I have to ask you something. <laughs> that's cool. That's a big thing for us. And with, with the recent signing to open your ears, it is, I assume only a matter of time before you guys buy the, uh, the rights to the house and home magazine, right? Oh, we're waiting for a lawsuit. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. We're just going to change the U to a V or whatever band they're doing. <laughs> if, if you could, if you could, you could use the ampersand. Like, oh, they're the word and, and we have the ampersand, and there you go. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not House always. and also home. Just better call Saul, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I've read in other interviews that you guys have done that the Richmond, Virginia scene, and just the Virginia scene in general is robust, and it's booming. It's on the rise. Tell us a little bit more about what the scene is like in Richmond, Virginia, where you guys hail from. Oh, dude, it's crazy. We are, we're so lucky to be from Richmond. Like we'll be on tour and there'll be people at the show that have never heard of us before or whatever. And they'll come up and be like, Oh, you're from Richmond. I'm like, yeah. And like, Oh, I love flight club or downhaul or centerfolds or like other bands from Richmond. And you're just like, Oh wow. Like the amount of support that gets thrown at local bands here is absolutely ridiculous. And like, it took us traveling a little bit to realize that not everywhere is like that. Sure. Like you, you can be a band from Richmond and play a show here and count on at least a decent turnout just because people want to see bands that live in their city here. And it's, it's really cool. It's very, it's a very tight knit kind of community without being exclusionary at all. So like if you're new to Richmond and you just want to get any music and start coming to shows, like you will leave whatever show you're at having made it with five new friends, like yeah. people want to support people want to be there and like have fun to bands that live in the city. And that's like a really cool thing that like, we're very lucky to have. Yes. Sam and I are lucky too. We count our lucky stars when it comes to music. We're from Philly and we have a fantastic music uh, scene. Not only here, Philly. right. Not only here, but Jersey, Jersey's yeah. rich with, yeah. especially we, in the pop get, punk scene. Spoiled. Yeah, we sure yeah, do. We've got, friends in philly we're friends with the guys in the band called the insides and oh uh, do we had the insides on the show oh they're great yeah fantastic yeah we and, love uh, those jersey things. uh some of our really good friends in sun title they're about to put an ep out yep yeah heather gray all rich people all those bands so basically fantastic. everybody that recorded at the lumberyard with nick and ace got it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I want to th- you to shout out you mentioned a couple of minutes ago shout out some more bands from the virginia scene that we should keep our ears on um, well, our label mates uh, now in Flight Club uh, just finished up recording a record. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it is fantastic. Uh, and then Downhaul, some of our really good friends um, on Refresh Records. Uh, they're not a band anymore, but we started this band looking up to another band called Centerfolds. Uh, some of our really good friends and a fantastic pop punk band that put out a record called Bad Heaven a few years ago. Um, Diet Blood. Uh, Hepburn, uh, so many people, and uh, Shot Clock is a new one. Hell yeah! Just put out a song. They're awesome. Yep. Hell yeah! Yeah. 
sleeve also duh my roommate's fan <laughs> <laughs> yeah he would have been pissed if you forgot his yeah yeah <laughs> now all four of you guys you share in the writing process is that correct uh, yeah, we actually, we all just, we practice in the basement of the house that uh, me and my drummer live in. And so we all get down there and just kind of riff and play around until we land on something cool that we want to build off of. Uh, we've tried the whole like one person write an entire song and then bring it to everybody and teach it to them kind of thing. And it okay. for some reason, it just doesn't work for us. Like we just can't do it because like it, anytime that happens, and like this, this can be too cool too. But anytime that happens, it ends up coming out a completely different song. So we figured, uh, skip the extra steps and just come down into the practice space with nothing and just write something together. And that's how, basically, the entire record was written. Now you said you you room with another guy in the band. Yeah, Matt, our drummer. Yeah, that's lucky then too. Not everybody has that luxury. It's cool. Yeah, we live with. Uh, me and Matt, it's me and Matt and uh, Ethan who is uh, runs merch for us usually when we go out on tour, and then uh, our friend Seth who is in, as I mentioned, a thing called Sleeve, also from Merch Thing. That's awesome. Now yeah. we are going to dive deeper into the new record in just a minute, but mm-hmm. you uh, now have released an EP and an LP to the masses. What's the difference for you in writing and recording a full length as opposed to the four song fully grown EP that you put out a couple years ago? Uh, the process is wildly different. Uh, <laughs> I think it might have just been the circumstances that we did fully grown under mm-hmm. because it was we did it all ourselves. It was, you know, mini drums and just like we didn't spend any money on it. It was just, you know, us and Pro Tools. And it was cool and it was laid back and it was our first thing that we did as a band. And we played on it for like a couple of years. And then we were talking about it. We were like, do we want to release another EP? Like, let's just, let's go for it. Let's do a full length. Hell yeah. And ended up going to Will Beasley um, and started the recording process in Bethesda, Maryland at Oceanic Studios, Taylor Larson Gold Studio. And uh, it's a crazy, like, cathartic, immersive, like, anxiety-ridden process because <laughs> you, you at a certain point you realize, like, this is going to define our band for until we do something else. Like, it's not, like... Like it's a big deal Damn. and we're all, we, we all like, once we got in there, it was so comfortable. Like Will is like one of our best friends and he's a freaking genius. Um, but like we went to Bethesda and stayed at Matt's parents' house, which was in Noakesville, like an hour and 15 minutes away from the studio. And we were there for like two and a half weeks and we picked apart every second of every single song and reworked and rewrote everything with will and made the song so much better and then actually started tracking got drums rhythm guitars and bass done took like two and a half weeks off and then will opened a studio in richmond and we ended up finishing vocals and lead guitar there um so the whole process was like a month and a half and it was absolutely insane like as like juxtaposed with the process that we did fully grown with it was kind of like Yo, when are you off work? You want to come and track like a song or two on on guitar or bass and just kind of see what happens. It was super laid back, which is cool. And then we kind of dove headfirst into the LP and like did nothing but think about the record for like a solid almost two months. Yeah. It was crazy. 
So I'm like, I'm 10 pounds of anxiety in a five pound bag. Like I pretty much yeah. <laughs> eat, sleep and uh, well breathe put. anxiety. And you can imagine that we've asked that question about like the difference between an EP and LP to a lot of different folks in this podcast. And you're the first person that has mentioned this is a defining thing for us. And I got anxiety for you. Yeah, it's insane. It's an insane amount of pressure that you put on yourself. Because it's weird because as a small band, it's not like you have thousands and thousands of people looking at you under a microscope waiting for you to make your next move. It's like you're trying to gain that exposure. So it's like we're just like the whole time we're just sitting there like, don't fuck up, don't fuck up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, an, it's a crazy pressure that we put on ourselves. And like I, I think the main thing also credit where credit is due is like we picked the right producer. Mm-hmm. Will completely went above and beyond for us he was like the reason that the record turned out the way it did and like we couldn't be happier with it yeah. and we are 150 percent going with him again yeah so we are happy to um help you with that exposure because you guys fucking rock and we love your band so uh anything we could do to help in the future and now would be you know our pleasure because you guys rock hey, thank you so much man appreciate that now you've shot a few music videos especially for the new record what are some funny yeah. stories you have thinking back on those shoots Oh God. Um, <laughs> there, uh, so for the second single that we dropped shrunken head, we, uh, we blew a car up, which was awesome. something that we had thrown around as an idea, just kind of joking. Cause like we were coming up with concepts for the videos at the same time. And we figured out the heat seeker video with like the kids fighting in the woods. And we were like, that's cool. And kind of conceptual and weird. And like, we were trying to figure out what to do with the trunk and head video. Cause it's probably like the hardest hitting song on the record. Yeah. We like, you can say wanted, that again. Yeah. We were like, we just wanted to have balls. So it was like, <laughs> we were like, don't worry too much about like, don't worry about like the, the intellectual side of it too much. Like don't make it dumb, but just make it look awesome. So we were like, we, we had this, uh, this idea to smash a car and there is this, business in Richmond called Rage Room. Basically, you rent out a space and like one of the packages that you can buy is like they give you... Oh, uh, we need like, that here in Philly. Yeah, they give you like 30 minutes with a broken down car in a garage and you get to just play music and just smash it. <laughs> and we hit them up and that didn't work out because it was going to be too much money or like they couldn't allot enough time or didn't want us to film or whatever. And we had this car sitting on our backyard that a friend of ours had gotten into an accident in, like just a fender bender or whatever. And she ended up leaving it there and then moving. And so I texted her and I was like, Hey, we're going to blow up your car. (laughs) And she like, without even thinking about it, was like, all right, cool. (laughs) And so we, yeah, we lucked out, but we found some field behind a friend of a friend's grandma's house or something. And they were cool enough to let us do it. And we had it all of our like eyes dotted and T's crossed. And we rented a dolly and towed the car out there um, behind our van. And, uh, Bradley Adam and Rory, his assistant videographer, were shooting the video, and they're coolest dudes, by the way. But we were supposed to start rolling at like 11 a.m. and didn't actually like didn't actually get the ball rolling until maybe like 1:30 because the van kept getting stuck in the mud. Oh, and so like oh, all of it, like Joey's behind the <laughs> behind the wheel, and we have the car behind the van, so it's like twice as much weight. And all of us, including Bradley and Rory are behind the van pushing it through this field and Joey is like flooring and spewing mud all over everybody with the tires. Oh my God. And like, it was a cluster dude. It was so bad. And then like, (laughs) 
that we were all freaking out and so bummed on ourselves. And then like once we finished, Bradley kind of showed us some raw footage on his monitor or whatever, and we were absolutely blown away. It looked so cool. Yeah. It was yeah. all worth it. Yeah, exactly. I'm always curious as to this. Now you when before you drop the record, obviously a lot of bands they like to release singles in advance, get people hyped up. You guys released Wander a little bit back, a little ways back. Then you released Heatseeker and then Shrunken Head. I'm always curious: is that open your ears call? Was that your call? Like, how do you choose the songs that you guys are going to release before the record drops? Um, so we had always kind of planned on doing two singles. And we were positive Shrunken Head was going to be one of them mm-hmm. just because we had played that song live a couple times before, like just to kind of test the waters mm-hmm. and kids always went nuts to that song. So we were like, all right, that's one of them. And Heat Seeker, uh, Will Beasley actually suggested that we do that one um, just because of the chorus. He was super into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was kind of collaborative decision between us and the label. Like we told them what singles they wanted that we wanted to do. And Adam was just like, okay, cool. You could also do this song, think on it for a day. And if you still want to do the two that you suggested, like, let's do it. Like, it was super painless. Like, he was just kind of letting us do what we wanted. Mm-hmm. Now, that actually kind of lends into my next question. You, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but let's go a little bit deeper. I know, I know that it's going to be an honor to hear this because we are such a highly esteemed show, many awards. <laughs> But Find Sense, Feel Love, Make Light, your new record is currently one of my two favorite records of 2020. So you're welcome. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you look back at your time in that studio, and I know you touched on it, but again, like I said, let's go a little deeper. What what comes to mind and, and what are you proud of personally? I think that the fact that this record was all us, I think it meaning that we from the the like conception of the idea of doing a full length in itself to writing all the songs, demoing them out going to Will, getting the money together, actually pulling the trigger on it and going to Bethesda and actually like biting the bullet and doing it. Like we didn't have any help. It was all us, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. And I mean, obviously for this next record, we've got um, Open Your Ears, which is even awesome. Like it's even cooler. But the fact that we, like everything that we have and have done, we kind of did out of our own determination. Like I'm very proud of how like self-made we are mm-hmm. um that is, that's like definitely a humble brag but uh take take pride in the diy man take pride yeah, in the yeah i mean well, well that's, deserved that's all that's always something we've been like trying to to keep going and that's like what's cool about being on open your ears too is because they're one of the smaller guys we're one of adam's first signees and and like we boost each other like it's a symbiotic relationship it's yeah it's mutually beneficial and that's really awesome for us um, especially also added bonus helping out another Richmond music project. Like that's always cool. Um, but memorable times in the studio is just like, uh, we've all recorded with people like, like different producers and engineers or whatever. And, uh, never have we had such a like comfortable, like we're just hanging out kind of vibe in a studio. Like, there would be days where we'd finish tracking at like, we'd go from like 11 to like seven 30 or eight at night. And then we'd follow Will down the street or like across the street. There was a Harris Teeter right there that we got lunch from every single day. And, uh, we would get like 
some beer or whatever and then sit in Will's control room and like watch Food Fighters documentaries and just talk <laughs> about music. Uh, that's awesome. And like that was so cool. Like it was it was my experience personally in the studio prior to that had been like very like regimented and almost like sterile feeling. And it was so just like everybody was just happy to be there and like happy to be with each other. It was just like, I can't wait to do it again. I'm actually like very excited about that. I didn't know we just put the record out. (laughs) Yeah. Five days ago. Uh, yeah. (laughs) As an, as an amateur producer, what have you learned from that experience that you hope to take into a potential, you know, career or side hobby, whatever that looks like? Um, I, I admire Will's workflow for sure. Um, the, just the way his brain works and the, very specific steps he takes to get like the best out of whoever he's recording. And like, he's also like in the most productive and helpful way possible. He's not going to like sugarcoat anything. Like Mm -hmm. if something sucks, he's going to tell you it sucks, but he's going to like do whatever he can to like get something better out of you. Yeah. And like watching the way he did that is like, like we just like, we got there and started, I started tracking, uh, vocals especially and like that's where will like really shines is like drums and vocals are like his i mean he's good at everything but that's like his cup of tea and so like we started tracking vocals and he like he worked us like me and joey like looked at each other halfway through like oh my god we're gonna keel over but like he he, like would not let us stop until he was 100 percent confident that he could not get better takes out of us and like that was really cool on your harder songs and especially in tempest have you, uh, when I did the review of your record on the pod, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, um, mm-hmm. I, I gave you to a, a vocal comp to Derek from some 41. Have you ever gotten that before? And if not, do you care? Um, I'm stoked about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I think I listened to it. Didn't you say, uh, taking back Sunday also, uh, because of the dual vocals, you could get a little bit of taking have- Sunday in there. We have gotten Taking Back Sunday yeah. a bunch of times. Never Sum 41, though, but I love that band. Yo, so I was I'll... super stoked about that. Hey, Sam, he listened to us. That's pretty sweet, man. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that's awesome. I, no, no, no. I didn't even know that you guys reviewed it. My dad sent me a link. Oh, no like, shit. Have you seen this? Oh, and I was like, awesome. I was like, what? What is it? And I listened to it, and he was like, fast forward to whatever. And then I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then rewind. Cool. And then rewind and listen yeah. to the rest of I it. Listened to, I listened to the rest. <laughs> Good looking out bad. Good looking yeah. out bad, though. Yeah, no, he's, he's on it, man. Yo, for real. That's awesome. Now, we live in like a crazy time, a crazy situation right now. Uh, usually you'd release a record, go on a supporting tour. And in our current climate, that's not really possible. So what have you done and what are you doing to further support the release of Find Sense, Feel Love, Make Light? Uh, so we have been lucky enough to have big picture media in our corner through all this. And uh, Becky specifically has been coordinating all of the press stuff for us. And, and she has been working overtime to make sure that we get as much out of the, the first couple weeks of the record as possible. And it's been absolutely incredible. We had a few tours get postponed. Some dates get canceled and we're working on like reestablishing those, but we're not really sure when that's going to happen just because things are so up in the air right now. Like nobody knows. So we've been trying to meet uh, to um, kind of in lieu of that do we've done a few acoustic live streams, which have been really cool mm-hmm. and very out of our comfort zone. Yeah, like for we're sure. not yeah. event at all. Right. Um, and a lot of press stuff, which has been awesome. Like we have done before we started dropping singles and announcing the record, we'd done maybe three interviews ever. 
<laughs> and so we there was this whole different realm of being a band that we were just tossed into yeah and like aside from you know just the inevitable like getting used to a stage of all that i think it we've all really really enjoyed it and so we've definitely been lucky enough to get a lot of exposure through them big picture has been awesome um and we were really worried about releasing a record in the current climate because we're like we're not going to be able to do a release tour like right afterwards like should we push it should we and like becky and adam were both like no like stay the course we're good and what actually ended up happening is uh bands i think one of the most important things for small bands to focus on right now is just putting content out don't yep. let people forget about you right yeah and so what we ended up doing <clears throat> is almost using the fact that we had a record coming out as kind of to fill the dead space that a lot of people were going to be going through not being able to tour as just just bomb the internet like make everybody painfully aware that you're putting a record out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that's exactly what we did and it, it the response has been crazy and uh yeah the the strategy that we took uh, the or like that route that we took was 110 percent suggested by adam and becky from big picture and they were right so that yeah in and in like a kind of a lemonade out of lemons kind of thing we just we use the record as content to kind of push us through the beginning stages of whatever covid lockdown is going to end up being yeah three quick things before sam asks the next question uh numero right. uno we work with Becky a lot. Shout out to Becky. She's friggin' awesome. Yeah, she's she's, she's, a beast. she's so yeah. awesome. And she just did an interview uh, with the Audio Addiction podcast. And I definitely recommend checking that out. She did a great job on that interview. That's number one. Number two, you guys dabble in the softer, softer stuff at the end of the new record. A little bit. You dabble a little bit. Yeah. And uh, we <laughs> uh, are getting comfortable playing that stuff live yeah. was a weird learning curve like it was really it was because in the studio we were just we were just trying stuff mm -hmm. and like we we spent probably on like i'm assuming you're talking about pocket knife and make light that's right like yeah so we spent probably the most time layering guitars and there's like keys underneath everything and like we spent a lot of time just adding stuff and taking it away and just playing with it and it was a lot of fun and mm -hmm. then we got into practice immediately after recording the record. And we we're like, shit, we have to learn how to play like that. now." <laughs> <laughs> and like, I think we got it now. Like, it's like when we've been playing it, it sounds, I think it sounds good, but it's, there was a steep learning curve for that kind of stuff for sure. And number three, does your dad have a Twitter? Oh, uh, he does. Yeah. I don't know if his at uh, off the top hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know this. He sent you that. He retweeted to me. That's how I think he got it on your radar. Probably, I think wow. he ended up. I think he ended up retweeting the the announcement that I was going to be on the show. Yes, yes, yeah, that was to, uh, earlier today, and I thought I recognized that name in that picture before. And so, yeah. when you guys put out a tweet, I don't know how long ago, like weeks and weeks ago, about the new record, I had commented on my personal Twitter and I said, "Hey, we're reviewing you guys tonight. Like, can't wait." And then, like a day or two later, he retweeted it or liked my comment to your tweet. And now it all makes sense who that dude was. So, shout out to your friggin' dad and Twitter, man. Yeah, man, he has developed quite the affinity for uh, for Twitter. <laughs> my, my dad <laughs> he loves it. Work a phone. Your dad's on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, man. He's also I. He's been in bands like my whole life, so he's living like 
very shamelessly vicariously through <laughs> what we're oh, doing. That's awesome. So like it's it's so sick. He comes out to as many shows as he possibly can. Like he is super into it. So like he's I don't know. He, he texts me every day like, "How's the record doing? <laughs> what are the numbers looking like? Like any interviews lined up?" Like that's sick. <laughs> he's on top of it. I like it. Yeah, he you know, loves it. Where can our listeners find you on social media? Uh, we are. At House and Home VA on Instagram, at House and Home RVA on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook or on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, Title. I think I don't know who uses Title, but I never think heard we're there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's we're uh, we're all over the place. Bandcamp also. Yep. Yep. Uh, now, one of our last two questions before we head into our rapid fire. Uh, I mentioned earlier, Tempest is my favorite song off the record. I hate to choose favorites, but it like it hit me super friggin' hard when I was listening to the record for review. I probably listened cool. to it, I don't know, 13 or 14 times before I could really like dive into it. Um, what's the story behind that song? Um, so that song is basically just about being a band. We we figured it would be the perfect opener for the record because it's kind of it's one of those songs that's a summation of all the themes on the record. It's just about being a young band and not really knowing what you're doing and hearing all the naysayers and hearing all the advice from all kinds of different sides and just kind of saying fuck it and yeah. doing your thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's it 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 is about the the like. Goonies never say die kind of mentality that you kind of have to have in order to do this as broke 20 somethings with no idea where they're going or what they're doing. We're just kind of diving into it and see what happens. It's I think, well, first and foremost, super catchy hook in the chorus, the, the lyrics in the chorus really got me. And I think you're right with that message. Like, I think a little bit of that message bleeds into shrunken head too. Oh yeah. And Shrunken Head is kind of about the darker side of that. It's kind of about like the 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 self doubt and the the pessimism that comes with being on the road as a DIY band. And it, it was written on a late night drive from Philly to Brooklyn because we had a show in Philly that night and it ended super late. We got out of the venue at like one thirty and we were driving a few hours to Brooklyn to stay with Matt's sister. And uh, I just kind of started doing just excuse me just writing lyrics just off the top of my head just because we were feeling super down on ourselves because the show wasn't all that good and we were all broke and it was only like halfway through the tour it wasn't a super long one but that was a year or two ago and um yeah it was just kind of an organic like this sucks i'm gonna write about it kind of thing yeah and immediately when we got back from that tour we sat down and started writing something head. And that was actually one of the first songs that we wrote off the record. Yeah. It's the type so. of song that makes you want to blow up a car. I get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what else were we going to do? <laughs> now, was there anything else you want to let us know about the band or the record that we didn't cover in the interview? Uh, once again, shout out Will Beasley. Um, also shout out Paul Levitt, who mastered the record and, uh, at evil sister art on Instagram. Um, they follow us. The, yeah, we know them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Joe's uh, Joe's art project from the inside. He did all of the artwork on the record as well. Um, yeah. And so it was, it was very much a, a team effort. Like our, our whole members of our tight-knit community all contributed to it, and that was really, really cool. And we we, we want to carry that into everything else that we do after this too. Yeah, rest assured that when all this shit dies down and you come back to Philly, we'll be there. 
Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, we plan on it. But, don't, on us. but don't think you're done, my friend, because you're about to go into the rapid fire. And we want to, again, <laughs> ask you, I don't know, somewhere between 10 and 12 questions, uh, random ass questions. Um, okay. You know, they don't have any rhyme or reason to them. And, uh, you know, please just answer them either as fast as you can or the first thing that comes to your mind. You don't have to be short with the answer. Just quick. That's all we ask. All right. I'll so, do my best. All right. Let's I'm going to ask five or six and then Sam's going to ask five <laughs> or six to end it off. Are okay. you ready? Yeah. What's the first, where is the first place you're going when the world returns to normal? Uh, Boston to visit my brother. Hell yeah. We love Boston. Boston's yeah. a great city. Uh, what are your thoughts on mint chocolate chip ice cream? Love it. Even better if Oreos are in it. Even better if Oreos I, are in it. Yeah. Oreo mint chip. I, I, I'll meet you halfway. I love the Oreos. Not the mint chocolate chip. I'm a, uh, I mean, okay. I'm a newfound convert into the world of the mint chocolate chip, man. I hated it growing up. I love it now. Really? At, at the, I've always loved it. At the right, at the ripe old age of 31 <laughs> years old, I finally found myself loving mint chocolate chip. And it's because Turkey Hill, they don't put the big pieces of chocolate chips. It's kind of just like shredded throughout the ice cream. And that's how I like, I don't love chocolate chips. That's why. So like, that's my okay. thing now. Now, more importantly, green or white. Uh, I've never really cared, honestly. I guess white. Really? Oh, I gotta go with the green. It just feels like I'm eating an Andy's candy. <laughs> uh, all okay. right. Uh, what else we got? Best? Oh, your best non-music related childhood memory. Ooh, okay. Uh, my grandparents on my dad's side used to live in Phoenix, Arizona, and whenever we go and visit them, there was this like cowboy themed uh, theme park called Rawhide. <laughs> and I was really young. I was probably like five or six, but they get me dressed up in like a hat and vest and like chaps. <laughs> and I'm serious. Yeah, it was cool. so sick. And this one time we went and there was this dude operating a mechanical bull. And I was like somewhere between six and 10. Like I was still young. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I want to try that. And so he stuck a hockey helmet on me and I got in the mechanical bull. <laughs> and after a few seconds, I was like, all right, I'm done. I want to get off. And he said, you get on like a cowboy, you got to get off like a cowboy. And this uh, asshole just like cranked it to 10 and watched me fly off. Damn. Oh, you really laugh. What a bastard. That was, that's probably like one of my earliest memories, but I love that. That's <laughs> awesome, man. We, uh, that, that's first of all, first of all, a place to be called raw hide. That's, that's ballsy. Yeah. That's ballsy. So that's cool. <laughs> and secondly, that reminds us of a friend we grew up with, uh, who had a picture of himself. His grandparents dressed him up as a cheerleader. Like with, oh, a, with, with a wig, <laughs> with a wig. And, yeah, and yeah. he had pictures of it in his basement on the wall. Oh, love it. So that's the, love it. great memories of, of childhood there. What is the only topping that belongs on a pizza? Oh, dude, you're, uh, I'm, I'm going to divide the room here. I'm going to say mushrooms. Sam, I love, I love mushrooms on a pizza. No, I, I can eat it. It's pizza. not my, it's not my go-to, but I, I, I dig it. Okay. I'm a grilled chicken kind of guy. Ooh, okay. What is the moment? What's your opinion on pineapple on pizza? We, <laughs> so we usually ask that, and I was like, I'm switching it up for this one. And then, it's a cliche question, but I have to ask. Um, you know, it's the thought of it that makes it worse than the actual taste. Like, it tastes better than yeah. the thought of it. It doesn't worst, sound like it should be good. Yeah. Worst yeah. comes to worst, I would eat it. I'm not going to turn down, but, you know, it, it's not my, you know, recommended slice. Yeah. Yeah. People I, get so heated about that. I'm just like, I, like I don't mind it, but, like, live your life, dude. <laughs> 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 I, 
exactly. Honestly, you know, it's actually much better. I found that it's like much better on like shitty Domino's as than like a nice pizza joint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For, for absolutely. Uh, and then lastly, for me, before we kick it to Sam, the moment that you knew you wanted to be a musician. Um. So when I was really little, like like I said, my dad's a musician, and we would play. He would play like Radiohead and just play along like while he was playing over the stereo and I would like jump on the couch and like, that was the only circumstance that I was allowed to stand on the furniture. <laughs> it was when my dad was too distracted by Radiohead to care. <laughs> and so That's I was great. like, wow, this is kind of sick. He must really like doing this. And so then, um, Oh, actually, no, that was what first got me interested. But then the moment that I actually decided I really wanted to play is, uh, some school rock. What was it? And that's what sealed it. School of Rock. Oh, with that's Jack Black? Oh, School of yeah. Rock Classic. That is yeah, good, that's what sealed that the deal for me. Okay, what's the best movie you've seen lately? Oh, God. Um, oh, uh, uh, I went and saw it with my girlfriend a couple months ago. Or like a month ago. Uh, is it called Knives Out? Yeah. Yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah. I still didn't see it. Really I'm slacking. Movie. Sam, I, a really good movie. I, I finally finished it, uh, and then Sam Sam slacking a little bit. Sam's the movie guy of the two of us. Like I love movies, but Sam's a friggin' encyclopedia with him, and he's slacking yeah. on this one. Uh, yeah, just because, uh, just because I know that they're going to work on a sequel with Daniel Craig, and I freaking love Daniel Craig. I thought he was great in Casino Royale. I think it's the best one that there ever was, and I, I have to see this movie. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. We actually uh, – Plug, plug one of our friends here. He's actually our photographer that comes out with us on tour. His, uh, his name's Ethan Mitchell, and he has a podcast, actually, where he reviews movies uh, That's awesome. called Bacon and Eggs. Oh, I dig it. Yeah. I don't know why it's called that, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. So, like, we like we like talk talk about movies all the time in the van with him. And oh, he yeah. gets super heated, and it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> now, could you recommend a few TV shows to help our listeners get through this quarantine? Oh God! Um, I have been binging. I don't know if it counts as a TV show, but I've been binging Hot Ones just because I think it's such an interesting uh, concept. It YouTube. does count. So it counts. Good. It oh, counts. we've like I I fall asleep watching it. It's great. We're we're huge fans. I watch it every Thursday. I, I think Greg does the same. Yeah. Every, oh yeah. 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 I, I haven't watched the Justin Timberlake one yet, so no spoilers. Oh, it is good though. I bet. Yeah, it is good. I grew up an NSYNC fan, so yeah, that's my life. Other than yeah. that. Uh, there's a lot of like raunchy, immature cartoon stuff that comes on in the house I live in. We like we watch an unhealthy amount of South Park, yeah, and, like Big Mouth and stuff like that. Uh, nothing wrong with uh, that. But uh, yeah, other ooh ooh okay, one intellectual one uh is called Hate Thy Neighbor. It's uh I think it's on either Hulu or Netflix, and it's this English uh journalist who kind of assimilates with various like extremist hate groups and like lives amongst them for like a week and like as non-biased as he can like kind of just ask them about like what they do and why and like he's like he's like a half black dude and like the first episode i saw is he lives with um like kkk members for a week Jesus. and it's super interesting yeah it sounds interesting I'm yeah check that he's, out he's also a comedian so he does like it's like split with like like clips of a comedy set that he does about each experience like throughout the episode it's really cool now are you a gamer at all um i mean i was actually like getting destroyed on rocket league before i got on the call with you oh, um, <laughs> that's my shit 
I am I'm a Nintendo person. Yeah. So like yeah. I live and die by Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Yep. Yo. Yeah. What's your friend code? We gotta hit it up on the Switch. I I actually like I just got back into Switch. I gotta look it up. I'll let you know after the yaw for sure. <laughs> I, got, like, I got the new... What's up? No love for N sixty four. I know, ah, dude. I never had one. I never had one. The first the first Nintendo console I have is GameCube. And that's my favorite Nintendo console. So yep. you're not wrong. And the the first uh, game I had was Super Mario Sunshine too. Ah. Uh, you know, nice. yeah. did you hear the rumors of the Switch remaster this year? Yes, but I haven't seen any like proof of it. Yet. No, they said they were going to drop it in June right around uh, this giant video game conference E3. And now that that's canceled, they don't know when. But um, Sunshine is like super under. See, now let me hold on. Now, I know you said you have all night before to start it. Sam and I, we have to record our normal episode after this. I'm old as shit. So like I have a bedtime. Um, but I got a gush. I'm a Nintendo fanboy, right? Let's just call that what right. it is. I'm yeah. a Nintendo fan. I own 14 consoles and like nine of them are Nintendo consoles. I have two NESs, two Super Nintendo. I'm, I'm a psychopath. He's a game freak. I'm a psychopath when it comes to Nintendo. Very cool. So we could have that conversation. I feel like we shouldn't <laughs> just for the sake of the podcast. I don't want our ratings to That's dip too episode. much. That's another, if we have yeah. you back on, uh, for whatever the next record is shit, dude, you can imagine yes. it. <laughs> 35 next minutes. record next tour it, it's definitely happening <laughs> yeah if when but we that is yeah when we come to see you guys when you come to philly we're going to talk nintendo a lot of it oh yeah but yeah that that is a big way we've been passing time in quarantine it's like my roommate has a ps4 and he downloaded the remaster of shadow colossus so we've been speed running that and like nice i obviously Fortnite when nobody has anything else to do and like we just got 2k so we're, yeah. yeah so Recently, games have been a big thing for us. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a PlayStation guy. I just got the Final Fantasy VII remake, and that's going to take at least 50 hours to beat. At least. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Joey, our other singer and guitar player, I think just beat it. Now, oh. now, hold on. Before Sam asks you the next question, you mentioned that you're speedrunning through Shadow Colossus. Like, actually speedrunning, or is that just the term you used? Oh, I just not actually speedrunning. Like, we're oh, just grinding on Gotcha, it. gotcha. Yeah. I thought, are you? have you heard of speedrunning or into it at all? Oh yeah, oh for sure. I think the record time is on hard for that game is like it's like forty eight minutes or something insane. Got you. Yeah, I I speed, yeah. I was a speedrunner for years um, on Twitch, and uh, I've been to GDQ and and all that stuff. Um, I I'm trying to get them back, but we'll, we'll see. my my streaming laptop broke three years ago, so I retired basically. So we got three questions left for you, brother. All right. Most memorable show you have ever played. That is a tough one. Um, I've got a couple. The first one I'm going to say is earlier in 2019, in I think August or September, September of 2019, we went out with a band called Nominee from Texas. And uh, going to Texas is uh, was an insane experience. None of us have ever toured there before. Um, and so getting to stay with Nominee in Austin and then the very last show that we played was in Austin in their hometown. And it was this DIY space. Uh, and they just absolutely, it was like a warehouse with no AC. Oh, and God. they absolutely packed it full of people. And like the reception that we got and like the warm welcome from everybody. And like, it was the craziest show of the whole tour. And like one of the crazier ones that year, that was insane. Uh, another one, was um, a band that I mentioned before, Centerfolds. 
um, when they released their record, Bad Heaven, our first show as a band actually was their record release uh, to a near sold out crowd at a venue called Canal Club in Richmond. Um, And that set the bar very high for us, like from the get go. And so we've been, we've been kind of like, it's almost like we're like chasing that high now, (laughs) just because that show was so insane. Like, especially as like our first show was again. And so it's just like, those are probably the two that stand out the most to me. How about the most memorable show you've ever been to? Oh, uh, the most memorable show I've ever been to. Uh, I think one of them was for sure the first time I ever saw Turnover. Uh, was also a Canal Club. And I saw them, like, I'm not like an old head turnover fan i'll admit it like i started listening to them right as virtual vision came out okay but i'd never listened to any of their songs and i was like i remember i was like texting someone or doing something in between sets and then they started and i immediately looked up and put my phone in my pocket without even thinking about it and it was one of the best sounding live sets i've ever seen and i've seen them a bunch of times like since then and they're always fantastic, but something about that set in particular was ridiculous. If you weren't a musician, you'd be a producer. <laughs> I would have bet I that was cheated, coming. though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what else? Ooh, uh, I thought about being an art teacher for a little while. Hell yeah. That could have been cool. Like kindergarten? We talking here? We talking little? Nah, <laughs> probably like high school. I was I I had a uh, I had an art teacher in high school that was like the shit. Yeah, he's like the coolest dude. And like I actually went to art school for a couple years um, before I ended up transferring out, and he was like a big reason for that. Hell yeah. So like, if I could be like that guy, that'd be super sick. <laughs> Shout out, Mr. Geyer, yeah. if you're listening. <laughs> Hell yeah. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, that's it. That is the end of the bonus episode, man. We really appreciate your time. Uh, this has been Patrick Williams of house and home, dude. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. We really do appreciate it. This was awesome guys. Thanks so much for having me. If you could hang on the line just one second, we would really appreciate it, but that's been it for the bonus episode. We'll see you next week for episode 185. Stay home, stay safe and listen to house and home.